This is the Rockwire Podcast. Album reviews, news, and songs that don't suck. A weekly endeavor into heavy metal discovery, music, and talk. Listen to the podcast on Spotify Premium for full-length musical tracks included. The Rockwire can also be found on YouTube. Just search Rockwire Podcast. Jam to the playlist we have for the show, Rockwire Playlist 2022 on Spotify Playlist. We update it weekly with all the songs we review. Keep up on what's coming up on the show, CJ Rockwire Facebook. Hello tonight, this is CJ, this is the Rockwire. It's Skid Row night. Skid Row, the new album, Gangs All Year, hasn't been out too long. The first single they released was The Gangs All Here, the title track. Then they quickly released Tear It Down, two songs that we've covered previously on the podcast. But now the album is out and we're on to the rest of the songs and the album as a whole. So the third video off the album, zero, a hole. That's a hole. Oh, hole. that's a hole. Yeah, they. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> where, where, where was I? The third <laughs> video off the album, time bomb. Brad's pick for your favorite track off the album. Lay it on me, Brad. Well, time bomb. It's a dirty, dirty little march. It's really actually a, fo- a solid fight song. And ironically, you're wearing the Michigan hat, which we had a fight in the tunnel. Um, I found it ironic that people are really trying to compare Eric to Sebastian Bach. Um, you know, and totally different singers, but they can hit the same ranges. But this really showcases how strong Eric's vocals are during the first chorus. It's amazing. Um, check out some of the Heat's cleaner stuff, though. Um, that song, Dangerous Ground, is amazing. But check it out. So I thought it was kind of cool. Derek, when we say tick, 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 tock, what do you think? Um, I don't know. CJ said that he liked, like, there's only one song he thought wasn't that great. And so I figured, wow, it's amazing because uh, Brad picked it. Um, you know, the... <sighs> Listen, it starts out great. You know, the uh, the verse, I, I love the groove of it. It's really cool. But I it just went off the rails on the chorus. Uh, the whole tick, tick, tick. Oh, my God. It was so annoying. It was horrible. And then why couldn't they do the tick, 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 like with a guitar, like a tick, 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 like that? That'd be cool. But him saying tick, 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 tick. I, uh, yeah, you know, and the dramatic uh verses of it the way he sang it almost like a ronnie james deal or something i thought it grew on me though i didn't like it at first but he's just he's got a great he he's great vocalist he's got great vocals and so that was really good on it and it had its parts but i it, it annoyed me too much on the i thought the chorus was just i didn't like it at all and i thought it was weak with the tick 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 god it was annoying now I use the exact same word as Brad used was the dirty little intro riff. 
And uh, what I thought was what really locked this song in was the bass groove, strong yes. bass and drums groove on this one. And I, I, I actually like the tick, 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 the vocal ticks. Baloo! Now, I do think they overused it. And let me let me play the per the producer role. So so quiet quiet down, Brad. I, I know this is your area, but <laughs> sit back and watch how it's done. This is what this is what I would have tried. I would have tried doing the ticks with a closed hat and then come in with the blow with the whole band and a big gang vocal on the back end. Maybe you could have alternated that up. Or or did it once or twice. I would have liked to seen it tried that way, but uh, yeah. you know what? Uh, Snake's written a few more hit records than myself, so You're I'm right. just gonna have to give him well, the benefit of doubt. A good a good gang blow that would have been a great way to crescendo that. Let Let's talk about Snake's vocals on the Spotify version because I think that's why that didn't happen, and we'll go to that. Come back to that. Eric, let's 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 do your track next. Not dead yet. Let me tell you something. This was the best song, okay, bar none. You know, I was gonna pick the song we'll talk about that you picked, CJ, and then you forced me. And that's a the sign of a great host. You forced me to do my research, so I went back. Oh my God, write this down. I complimented you. this song starts off, you know, there's the songs that start off and you're thinking, oh, this is so cool. I love this riff. I love how they're doing this. And then you're let down. You're let down on the chorus. You're let down on a bridge. You're let down somewhere. This one doesn't let down. It doesn't stop. It just keeps going. And the and the gang style kind of uh, uh, vocals, background vocals in the chorus just kick ass. The chorus kicks ass. The verses kick ass, and it just goes and goes and goes 100 miles an hour. Great song, Brad. You got to admit this song is kick ass. It's it's the best. Well, I'll agree with you that it's a great song. But here's the deal: you doing research. CJ's song was the very first song on the album. We did the gangs all here already. So by default, you have a second song of the album. How many? How many songs did you actually listen to? So, no, this song is actually very riff-driven. It reminded me of L.A. Guns. I thought. I was like, man, this is great. Um, I love how they really slow down the vocals on the second verse, though. They really stretch the lyrical cadence out. Um, That's the Bob Rock. Oh, and then I kept going, oh, my God, there is a solid guitar solo here. It was all, it was cool. Great song. CJ, what'd you think? Oh, Brad, you are so smart. Cause you know, last song I was kind of hoping for the gang vocal and on this track, not dead yet. I definitely got one and the snake man, his vocal or his solo was incredible. His guitar work through this whole album is incredible. But I thought this might have been his best solo. And uh, the the funny thing that struck me about this song is I thought that this was almost like a song that 
Snake wrote for Eric to sing. Because are are you aware of Eric's lymph- lymphoma? Yes, he overcame cancer. I know that. Yes, yes, ha- had to have bone marrow surgery. So when you're talking about not dead yet, and and waiting another day and dirt on that casket, things were very touch and go for uh, you know a, a young strapping lad like Eric Grunwall, and uh, the. I don't I don't believe Snake actually wrote this song for him, but he certainly can find inspiration as he sings it. And I, well, I think it, it really comes through. I was gonna say, and that combined with the band Skid Row itself, don't you know, we're not dead yet. We're still mo- we're still going. So it's kind of like a double meaning there. So that's yeah. that's very cool that you brought that up. That's true. Yeah, we're You're not pretty- gonna uh, poor dirt on the career of Skid Row yet either. Okay, my 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 track I picked the lead track, the first track, Hell or High Water. I really just fell in love with the opening riff. I was just like, I I love this music. This is you know just the the style of uh, rock that I really love best, and. Uh, Eric's vocals are so complementary and similar to what Sebastian Bach was in the prime of his career. It, it it just blew me away at how good Eric sounds, how close he is to the level of Boz going back to the first two Skid Row records and you know just to hear like snake and the riffs and the solos and this song just hooked me from the very beginning Uh, i was out in the hammock on a sunny late fall day drinking blue chair bay no shoes nation playing this album incredibly too loud and the louder you play it the better it sounds derek Oh, oh God! I was just so mesmerized by your just constant talking. I forgot I was even here. Don't worry, I'll cut um, forty nine seconds out of it. Go on. So you know what this this was right up with me as far as my awesome song. You know, I'll give you a second your second fiddle here, but this was this seemed more like a classic Skid Row track to me. Um, and his vocals were great. This is such a catchy song, and it was so much fun to listen to. I found myself getting lost in the, this vocal abilities and and the riffs of the song. And this also had great uh, background kind of gang style kind of gang, gangsta vocals in the chorus. The chorus was really cool. This was another good one, different than Time Bomb, which actually had a really good chorus, good changes in there. Uh, yeah, I like this one a lot. This is, like I said, this was the first one I was thinking about picking because it's a great song. So, yeah, I liked it a lot. Great job. I don't know how Brad feels about it, you know, having the third best song, but. <laughs> Go ahead, Brad. Well, you know, first of all, this is an old school recording. You've got the sound going back and forth throughout the whole entire song, which is amazing. Um. It had full sounds, thumping beats, great vocal ranges. But here's what I really 
picked up on, and I've done my research on it, is the background vocals. They are so crazy good. They make that chorus sound so much better. Um, I actually wonder, you know, I would like to go back and see some Sebastian Bach video or recordings. And But right now, I wonder if the lead singer was really involved in those background vocals because it just makes his voice go even better, higher. It's crazy. Well, I will tell you the answer to that question because I know. I it's know the on Spotify though, right? So I'll, I'll tell you all about how this album was really made and how Eric joining the band came together. And I'll turn you on to a little bit of a YouTuber named Ken Tamplin. He did a outstanding uh, vocal breakdown of Boz versus Eric. Did a great job on it. I'll tell you a little bit about that. And uh, we'll talk a little bit of news of the day. So that's the rest of the show on Spotify full length songs. We'll talk about our other favorite songs off the track. YouTube. See ya. All right, all right man. So here, here's how this album got made. And it's, it's really, it's really pretty amazing the way it happened and how, loosey goosey of a high wire act this was and uh th this is uh from uh rock and roll coffee show podcast uh rob hammersmith and eric were on doing an interview i watched it this evening so skid row had toured with heat as an opening act in sweden but they really didn't meet or didn't talk or really couldn't even remember meeting each other so Eric actually joined this band over the phone, never having met anybody in Skid Row. Nine. Well, what you got? Want to add something, Brad? They wrote this album in 2019, though, without Eric, is yes. what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, the, the album was written, and they sent Eric the first two songs, and he recorded them with no producer by himself sending his vocal tracks back across the internet and then taking taking some direction back and forth never Who having met anybody in this band go did, Derek. Did, did they have the the lyrics written for him to sing too or did he write the lyrics yep all the all the songs were done okay so dead not dead yet wasn't about eric it was a no, bust. but it could have been. It could have been, it right? Been. But... And it kind of is now, but no, Snake didn't well. write it for him. So, so they record like eight of the songs, except for two. Eric finally flies over to the states. They meet in Las Vegas, record the last two tracks of the album. Um. Hi, you know, hi, how you doing? We just made an album together and you're joining the band. Two rehearsals played their first live gig. Shot the video, played like four more gigs. The album's out. They got like maybe one or two more dates and they're off to Europe. So that's how fast this happened with how little they knew each other 
and with zero personal contact. So everything's going great so far. But uh, this thing really came together on a wing and a prayer. That's that's just that's just amazing, right? But you know what? You know that I think they just they saw Eric's vocal range, they saw his talent. <laughs> they said, "We want this guy, Eric." Uh, he you know he wanted to join his favorite band, and uh, and he jumped at the chance. But there was there was one really funny little moment in their first show. Eric comes on stage after the first two or three songs and he gives this little speech about how awesome it is to be playing and being the singer of your favorite band and how great it is to live the dream. Well, anyway, what he put out there unrehearsed was almost word for word, the little speech in Rockstar, the the Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> I guess it was very, very, very close. He took a lot of shit for that. Well, who anything was saying, you want to add? Yeah, who was saying like uh, Sebastian Bach when he sang for Skid Row? It, it, he was notorious for forgetting what town he was in, so he would go out there with a letter that, and he would actually read it. Thank you very much, Tokyo. I'm so glad we're here, you know, and, and say whatever town they are. So he would never miss the town that he was at. And he would try have, to speak in their language. Have you ever been at a show where they called it the wrong town, Brad? Derek? No. I have once. And it was, it was at the Palace of Auburn Hills. And it was on the... ACDC Black Ice Tour, the Rock and Roll Train Tour, and Brian Johnson came out and no shit. He, hello Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> well, that could you know, that could have been cliche. Hello Cleveland. He finished the song. He looked over. He goes, guys, I'm sorry. I know this is Detroit. I know we're in Detroit. Yeah, he could have been fucking with you. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, he just he just blew it and then quickly realized he blew it. But he's from Australia. But the inside of the tour bus, bus and the dressing rooms all look the same. I got a question. Who who wrote the lyrics to most of the songs for Skid Row when Sebastian Bach was in the band? Oh well, Snake wrote everything. That's why Sebastian Bach needs money and Snake doesn't. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Okay, uh, um, what else did I want to tell you about? Okay, uh, the Ken Tamplin vocal showdown, and you you can find that on YouTube. Sebastian Bach versus Eric Grunwald. And so, what Ken did. And he he spent a lot of time and made a really great video. Too too long, by the way. Too long, Ken. But forty two minutes. But he grabbed as much video as he could of Sebastian in his prime, compared it to the present day Eric 
Grunwall footage, cleaned it up the best he could audio wise. And, uh, you know, basically, basically did the verses, did the verses video. He's a vocal coach and his channel is predominantly, uh, you know, rock and roll vocals and play, you know, play them singing the same lines, the same song at their best back to back. So you watched it, Brad, who you think was better now, now that when, when you see it side by side in their prime, who, who's the better vocalist? Well, the biggest thing is that he, the biggest th- point that he made was Sebastian Bach in his primes was with the musicians in their prime when they were really going at it. So that showed Sebastian's vocal range to the, to the key. He did go off p- pitch and that's what he's known for. He goes off pitch a lot. I thought that was kind of crazy. Um, but Eric is finely tuned. But the band is not what they were before. They're slower. They don't get into it more. So they're actually playing. So that gives Eric the advantage, being younger with older musicians. My take on it was, is you can clearly see that Sebastian Bach was cleaner, smoother, better, higher highs. He He's the better vocalist, in, in my opinion. I uh I don't know. I just I just can't really I I guess I don't really have an opinion on the pitches and whatnot. I just I just listen to it and say who sung it better and I well I'm voting with Sebastian, but I will say that w- when you're playing arenas as opposed to bars and clubs and and you know the fans are just going crazy, and everyone's just pinned ten out of ten with Skid Row being in their prime on top of the world. Just right. the the energy pushes it over the top. And well, yeah, that's what you were saying as well. Well, here's the thing I I picked up the most out of, and it could be from the recordings from 25 years ago versus now, but Snake, his background vocals really pushed the singer over the top he he could hit some ranges too which makes sebastian sound better makes eric sound better which is crazy to even think about not only is he a great guitarist he can sing and i didn't know that what about you d being in different time zone i i assume you probably didn't have time to watch the ken taplin piece no, I started to, you know, but uh, you fell asleep. <laughs> no, I don't. That's not me. That's the other guy here. Um, but I, I did hear the pitchiness, like he talked about the pitchiness and whatnot. If I just think of, you know, I don't know about how older musicians comes into play. I think that's kind of goofy, but you know, that's whatever. Well, when when you saw it side by side, it's just an energy of playing you know they're just it's not as new fresh it it's uh it, it doesn't feel like the first time anymore i'll tell you what i think eric takes it a lot more seriously than sebastian does i think he's uh one that really wants to make sure his he, his vocals are on point and he probably does a lot better job taking care of himself than sebastian well, bach did I got a I got a question because CJ is the vocalist specialist. 
Oh, yeah. Now, your, your, your head position, when you're singing and you're hitting the high notes, Sebastian Bach, when he's hitting the high notes, he's got his head tilted back with the mic out here. Well, now when Eric does it, his head is tilted down with his head down here. Does that make a difference? Oh, fuck if I know. that it That's does. way out of my pay grade. No, it does. You're right. Right. <clears throat> All I know is when Lemming did it like this, it worked for him. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think he was... Yeah, I don't think that's ideal. I don't think you're supposed to do it like <laughs> You don't right. think Lemmy's vocal angle is ideal? He might have been pitchy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might have I been think, a bottle of I don't think Lenny had his own pitch. It never changed. <laughs> uh what what else about uh Skid Row News? Uh Snake was on Blabbermouth reflecting on the breakup. Skip the article. It's absolutely nothing new. In fact, Blabbermouth should be embarrassed for even printing it. It's it's so uh I, it's so be, when, when I say there's literally nothing new, there's literally nothing new. Snake's got to be beyond pissed that people keep asking him. Oh, I, I don't think Snake wants to answer this question anymore. It's just uh, whatever. It's not right. It's not about the money, not for Snake. And they he, he, ju- he just doesn't want the hassle of Sebastian the end. They produce more albums without him than with him. Uh, yeah. So, you know, here's the deal. Uh, the the two albums that matter is the ones were with Sebastian until the gang is all here because I think this is the only album that they released after Slave of Grind. I think this album's way better than Subhuman Race or anything else they've done. This is the only album, in my opinion, that is even in the same fucking sport. As Skid Row and Slave the Grind. What do you think? I, I, I'm, I'm going to say something because Brad's been just taking up every moment of time here. Um, I'm going to say, listen, and and those two those albums that were most successful their 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 opening one, their debut album, and Slave to the Grind. That was when hair metal and stuff was at its peak too. You know, yeah, um, yeah. and this album i don't while there are parts of this album there's different songs that really stand out i don't know if it just it's like a solar flare that lights up but it's solid from top to bottom there's not a lot of filler i didn't i'll be honest i didn't listen to the the october song the little ballad you know but top to bottom all these songs you really they're just solid, great rock songs. So, I mean, that's that's amazing. That's awesome. They sound great. I thought it was very comparable to their first album when they broke onto the scene. Um, it didn't have the "Can't Stand the Heartache," you know, something like that song. I know um, that, that that's a song that Sebastian doesn't like to sing either. Too. Oh. That's one of my favorites. Uh, right. I, it I was bummed out. I go. Well, well. Last time we saw him, he mentioned that that was wasn't one of his favorite ones. That, that hurt. That hurt my heart a little bit. Well, I may have been chanting that song to him, but uh, you know, it, it's got the, it's the, the filler songs aren't as strong on the first as the first album, but this is a solid album. You know. So, 
the October song that that it was the one that I uh, that would be the skip in my listening. But, it, you know, it is the one and only ballad. It's a nice, clean guitar and a great vocal. Uh, that that one just didn't hit me. Derek didn't listen to it. What do you think about it, Brad? Yeah, that was my skip also. I, I that was didn't do it for me. That's probably on the, the, the very bottom song. It might make the girls. Oh. Slice of apple pie makes the gr- skid roof and swoon nowadays. What are you saying? They're fat. The, the caramel latte get get some get some wet. Dropping kids off at soccer practice and then right, right, right. No, no, no traffic. Dropping the kids off at school is all they're looking for nowadays. And then um, they and then oh, and then they pleasure themselves to Guy Fieri. Oh boy! You better uh, have Guy Fieri in our in the YouTube things at some point. Uh any other songs on the album that you really like, Derek? Um, yeah. Um, God, what's that? What the the, the never? Uh, uh, nowhere fast. fast? Yeah, yeah, I like that one. I like nowhere fast. I like that one a lot. Brad, what about you? I mean, I we already talked about it. I loved Tear It Down. Um, the gang's all here. I thought was great. Um, when the light comes on was you know, that was all right, but that was all right. I like I liked when the light comes on, and I also liked the last track, which is not a throwaway track, in my opinion, is World on Fire. I dug that one a lot. Another killer riff. Yeah, that was a good one too. Yeah, it's I had something written on my paper for that, but I well, if I was going to critique it, I would just say you know the song uh, "Hell or High Water," uh, my song. uh, Those just had super stellar from start to finish with uh, verses and choruses, just really meshing well, and there was no. Um, disappointment with those and to me that's the biggest thing I think sometimes they when they go into the chorus it lets me down a little bit or the the verses don't pick up where the chorus left off and uh, those that's why I like the song that CJ picked and I picked because those I think those really showcased how great and how consistent consistently good they can be in a song Brad what's your favorite Skid Row album Skid Row or Slave to the Grind you know I really dogged on Slave to the Grind at first when it first came out. I thought Skid Row because oh, it was a big mistake. Well, my favorite song on there is Waste of Times. I think that song is so incredible. So is that the one you like like best, best or not? Um, I find myself listening to that one more than I do. All right. Skid if Row. that's a if that's a 10 out of 10, what's this new album? Oh, I give I give it six out of ten right now, Derek. I give it a seven, solid seven. And let me tell you something about Slave to the Grind. I like Slave to the Grind better, and uh, you know I listen to a, one song on there. I listen to a lot when I'm thinking about getting ready to get on this podcast. That's something I want to tell you guys is get the fuck out. <laughs> well, well, I, I I guess I'm down with the first album better, but I also agree with the solid seven, man. I thought it was. It was close to that level. Not quite, you know, it didn't have 
it doesn't have the quote unquote hit, but just solid as hell. Top, top to bottom. Uh all right, man. Uh four minutes. All right, but who John told- six is in Motley Crew. So it happened. We all John- thought it was gonna happen. Is John Six's son? Oh, no, it's I- Johnny Five's offspring. I mean, John Seven is in Motley Crew. It's all you're being John funny. eight. Is this your idea of hilarity? No, no, I just fuck up. It's John five. I know it's John <laughs> five, but I was looking and I was thinking, oh, there's six minutes left. There's six minutes left. And bam, John six came out of my mouth. Well, I, I think that, you know, Rob Zombie should join him, replace Vince. God damn it. You're, you're, we're not getting Vince out of the band. And it could be not Motley, Motley White. without Vince. It could be Motley White. Uh, they what, the songs they could write. What else happened? Jerry Lee Lewis. Rest in peace. Oh, he died? Great balls of fire. Great balls of fire, man. That's what killed him. Well, maybe what killed him was them <laughs> singing it so badly in Maverick. That's one. That's one. No, that's, that's not true. They did a good job <laughs> with it in Maverick. That was a good movie, actually. Have you seen uh, Terrifier 2? You got to watch that movie. No, I heard it's like making people puke and they're running out of it. If some, I haven't saw Terrifier 1. Do I need to see Terrifier 1? I saw Terrifier 1 and it was uh, pretty gruesome. This is probably, this is supposed to be worse. I talked to a guy that he liked Terrifier 1 and he said that there were a couple of parts that made him uneasy. And the funny thing about this movie is, um, I guess the storyline's better. It's in theaters, actually, which is weird because it's kind of a B, a budget kind of a movie, a B movie. And uh, they had a $250,000 budget. And as of like That's two or three days ago. for a movie. Right. And as of two or three days ago, it was at least released October 6th. Like two or three days ago, it was at almost $8 million in oh, box wow. office. Well, good. man, good for them. That's almost like a... Uh, that's a little bit that's more huge. than the Tom McDonald video budget. So your your boy did it has a cameo in that movie, right? Brad, Chris Jericho? Doesn't Chris Jericho have a cameo in Terrifier? I don't he does. Know. He does. I don't know what he does, but in two or one? Two, I think. It wouldn't be Ooh. news if it was in one, right? Yeah. It's pretty it, it is pre- it's pretty creepy. That clown is creepy as hell. Did you did you feel dirty after watching it? Like when we went to see uh, Hostel, (laughs) (laughs) we felt we're like, oh, oh, I don't feel too good about myself. If you guys want (laughs) after leaving that, if you guys want to feel dirty, you guys got to watch that Nina Strauss new video. Oh, hi, the Wolf Feed. Oh, oh, oh. I wasn't. Uh, you know, I didn't like. It's got I didn't like that one. Uh, I liked her with Demi better. All right, creep. that's the end. That's the right. See you guys next week oh. off. Right? I don't know. I didn't think so. All right. Bye. You can't. Well, count. We're, we're doing it. You're gone next week. <laughs> Who's gone? <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to The Rockwire. If you have anything to say, the link you can leave me a voice message is in the show description on Spotify. You can leave me a message right through the Anchor app. 
drop me an email, cjrockwire at protonmail.com. You can see what's coming up on the show. CJ Rockwire Facebook page. Just friend me, I'll add you. The Rockwire Podcast on Twitter. The Rockwire Podcast on YouTube. Do me a solid. Go over to Spotify. Click a five-star rating. It really helps with the search results optimization. Thanks for listening. Peace.